Dunhuang. Situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted, and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Buckle up for our podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe for free on major podcast platforms. Why We Love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. 鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。There more to read. 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote. Bing者，国之大事，死生之地，存亡之道，不可不察也。孙子。the art of war is of vital importance to the state. It is a matter of life and death, a road either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it is a subject of inquiry which can on no account be neglected. Sunzi. Sunzi,出生于大约公元前五百四十五年,月公元前四百七十年去世,原名孙武,自长青,孙子是人们对他的尊称,又称兵家至圣,被誉为百世兵家之师,东方兵学的鼻祖。他是春秋时期齐国
，其兵法被翻译成英法德日等多国文字，成为风行世界的兵书典范。《孙子兵法》阐述了战争制胜的规律、战略原则、临阵战术及军队的后勤保障等，内容丰富，文字精炼。书中强调战争中的主观能动性及应对客观之道，充满了辩证法。其基本原则被后人广泛应用于社会、经济等各方面。兵者，国之大事，死生之地，存亡之道，不可不察也。孙子 ：The art of war is of vital importance to the state. It is a matter of life and death. A road either to safety or to ruin. Hence, it is a subject of inquiry which can, on no account, be neglected. Sunzi. You are listening to the Simplified Chinese Reading Mode. To read, below. 让我们一起走进诗歌的世界。More to read. 闭上双眼，静静聆听，敞开心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day. 蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花，海念。蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花，围着它千百遍飞舞。日光又爱上了蝴蝶。用金手指将它轻抚。可是玫瑰爱上了谁？这问题我很想弄清：是在唱歌的夜莺呢，还是不吭声的金星？我不知道玫瑰爱谁，可我爱着你们大家：金星、夜莺、日光，还有。蝴蝶和玫瑰花
我们刚才听到的这首诗歌，《The Butterfly Is in Love with the Rose》，蝴蝶爱上了玫瑰花，出自德国著名诗人海因里希·海涅。英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗诵。海因里希·海涅， 1797年出生于德国莱茵河畔的杜塞尔多夫， 1 8 5 6年去世，德国著名的抒情诗人。散文家、思想家、政论家，被称为德国古典文学的最后一位代表。海涅从童年起受到法国资产阶级革命思想的影响，于1821年开始发表诗作， 1 8 3 0年革命后自愿流亡巴黎，从诗歌写作转向政治活动，成为国家民主运动的领导人，同时对法国和德国文化有许多评述。其散文优美潇洒，清新隽永；政论笔锋犀利，思想深刻。其作品广泛触及当时德国乃至欧洲的社会现实，洋溢着战斗的豪情，显示了卓越的讽刺才能。1856年2月17日，海涅在巴黎去世，葬于蒙马特公墓。The butterfly is in love with the rose, Heinrich Heine. The butterfly is in love with the rose, flutters about the rose a thousand times, about the butterfly with golden tenderness, flutters the loving sunbeam. However, with whom? Is the rose in love? That I would very much like to know. Is it with the singing nightingale? Is it with the silent evening star? I do not know with whom the rose is in love, but I, I love you all, rose, butterfly, sunbeam, evening star. And nightingale. Butterfly fell in love with the rose. 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 用金手指将它轻抚。可是玫瑰爱上了谁？这问题我很想弄清。是在唱歌的夜莺呢，还是不吭声的金星？我不知道玫瑰爱谁，可我爱着你们大家：金星、夜莺、日光，还有。蝴蝶和玫瑰花。我们可能永远无法解释
为何有些事物会对我们有意义，或者有怎样的意义，但至少可以断定，凡是有意义的东西，必定要经过培育，必须保存起来，待到需要的时候再派上用场。音乐和文学不一定在当下带给我愉悦，却成了我放在那里的东西，可以留住并长存。这段话出自菲利普·肯尼科特的复调。巴赫与生命之痛，书名一语双关，讲音乐，更对人生。我是轻松调频主持人阿丽，和轻松调频一起在阅读中感受生活之美。Easy FM, we are the difference. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 汤一介是中国当代著名的哲学家、国学大师、哲学史家和哲学教育家。他出生于1927年 ，1951 年毕业于北京大学哲学系 ，2014 年去世。那么，在今天的节目中，我就要为大家选读一篇由汤一介所写的文章《知行合一论》。这篇文章选自汤一介的《论中国传统哲学中的真善美问题》一文中。文中，汤一介提出。中国哲学常以三个基本命题来表达他们对真善美的观点，这就是天人合一、讨论真的问题及宇宙人生的根本问题；知行合一、讨论善的问题及做人的根本道理；情景合一、讨论美的问题及审美境界的问题。而知行合一与情景合一这两个命题是由天人合一展开而对宇宙人生不同侧面的表述。在《再论中国传统哲学中的真善美问题》一文中，汤一介把中国哲学中的三大哲学家与德国古典哲学的三大哲学家做了对比，借此说明孔子、老子、庄子在真善美问题上的不同，同时也说明中国哲学和西方哲学在这个问题上的不同。好，下面呢，就让我们一起来读一下由汤一介所写的文章《知行合一论》。On the unity of knowledge and practice. 英文版本由林威翻译。知行合一论，汤一介。On the unity of knowledge and practice, by Tang Yijie. 关于知行问题，一般中国哲学史著作往往从认识论角度去分析它，但在中国传统哲学中，它更是一个。伦理道德问题，认识论问题如果不与道德修养问题相结合，就很难成为中国哲学的一个部分而流传下来。因此，认识论问题往往与伦理道德是同一问题。故中国古代哲学家主张，在社会生活中不仅有知认识的问题，而且更重要的是行实践身体力行的问题。The issue of knowledge and practice has usually been approached from an epistemological perspective. In traditional Chinese philosophy, however, it poses even more a problem of ethics and morality. Historically, if the epistemological issue has not been linked to the ethics, it would not have been passed down as part of traditional Chinese philosophy. The issue of knowledge and ethics are therefore often closely integrated. 
That is why ancient Chinese philosophers advocated that man should not only seek knowledge, but must also pay special attention to conduct or practice. 至于善，虽然各个不同的阶级或阶层、集团甚至个人的看法不同，所立的标准各异，但在中国传统哲学中，重要的哲学家大都认为知和行必须是统一的。否则就根本谈不上善。《尚书》中说：“非知之间，行之为奸。” Despite different opinions on goodness, one thing is certain: that all the important traditional Chinese philosophers had always agreed that the unity of knowledge and practice must be regarded as a prerequisite for goodness, and to be pursued as an ideal. The Book of History says. It is not difficult to know, but difficult to put it into practice. Mengzi 讲良知良能，虽以恻隐之心、羞恶之心、辞让之心、是非之心这四端为人先天所固有，但要成为道德的仁义礼智，则必须把四端扩而充之。这点必须在道德实践中方可达到。所以孟子说。凡有四端于我者，知皆扩而充之矣。若火之使然，泉之使达。苟能充之，足以保四海；苟不充之，不足以事父母。According to Mencius, intuitive knowledge and intuitive ability, rooted in the consciousness of sympathy, shame, modesty, and justice. Had to be applied morally before they could become the four crucial virtues: benevolence, righteousness, right, and wisdom as moral codes. As he said, these four virtues may be likened to the starting of a fire or the gushing out of a spring. When they thrive, the whole world is going to be benefited. If not, they cannot be used even to serve the parents. 荀子强调行为知的目的，但同时也承认知对行的指导作用。因此，他说：“不闻不若闻之，闻之不若见之，见之不若知之，知之不若行之。学至于行之而止矣，行之名也，名之为圣人。”Xunzi emphasized the practice as the purpose of seeking knowledge, at the same time also admitting that the guidance of knowledge provided for practice. He believed that hearing nothing is not as good as hearing something, hearing something is not as good as seeing something, seeing something is not as good as knowing something, knowing something is not as good as practicing something. Learning culminates in practice, which leads comprehension, and he who comprehends things thoroughly is of saint. 大学讲三纲领八条目，也是说的知行的统一过程。至宋儒，程颐虽主张知先行后，但在道德修养方面则认为知而不能行，只是未真知。The great learning also emphasizes the unity of knowledge and practice. Up to the Song Dynasty, although Cheng Yi advocated knowledge precedes practice, he still related the issue to its moral aspect, 
where any learning could not be regarded as true learning unless and until it was put into practice. 目前在中国哲学史的研究中流行着一种观点，认为宋明以来的理学家谈论知行问题，总是把这个认识论问题和道德修养问题混为一谈，并认为这是中国古代哲学家的局限性和错误所在。这虽有点道理，但似有两点可以讨论。Prevalent in the study of traditional Chinese philosophy now is a viewpoint which asserts that since the Song and Ming dynasties, the New Confucians, when discussing knowledge and practice, often mixed up the issue with that of ethics, and insists that this is where the limitations and mistakes of ancient Chinese philosophers lay. Here. I feel that two questions deserve to be elaborated. 第一，宋明以来的理学家本来就不认为知行问题只是认识论问题，而认为知行问题之所以重要，正因为它关于道德修养问题，是个关乎善的问题。善必须体现在生活实践之中，所以从理学家本身的立论上说。不存在把认识论问题与道德修养问题混淆在一起的问题。First, since the Song and Ming dynasties, the New Confucians did not regard knowledge and practice merely as an epistemological issue. It was regarded as an important issue precisely because it had always related to morality and benevolence, which had to be manifested in daily life. It is therefore irrelevant to assert that the new Confucians confused the issue of epistemology with that of morality. 第二，作为道德修养方面，知行合一的学说或知行统一的观点，不能说没有一点合理之处，不能认为全无积极意义。作为道德修养上的知行，从根本上说是不应割为两截的。王阳明所说的“知是行的主义”。行是知的功夫，知是行之始，行是知之成，应是中国古代哲学家对这一问题的较好总结。Secondly, as an issue of morality and self-cultivation, the theory of integration of knowledge with practice, and the viewpoint of unity between the two, cannot be said to have no reason and positive significance. Ethically. Knowledge and practice cannot be separated into two ends. The remark made by Wang Yangming that knowledge is the guidance of practice, and practice is the actuality of knowledge. Knowledge is the beginning of practice, and practice is the accomplishment of knowledge. Could be seen as the best summary the ancient Chinese philosophers ever made on the issue. On the unity of knowledge and practice, by Tang Yijie. The issue of knowledge and practice has usually been approached from an epistemological perspective. In traditional Chinese philosophy, however, it poses even more a problem of ethics and morality. Historically, if the epistemological issue has not been linked to the ethics. It would not have been passed down as part of traditional Chinese philosophy. The issue of knowledge and ethics are therefore often closely integrated. That is why ancient Chinese philosophers advocated that man should not only seek knowledge, but must also pay special attention to conduct, 
or practice. Despite different opinions on goodness, one thing is certain: that all the important traditional Chinese philosophers had always agreed that the unity of knowledge and practice must be regarded as a prerequisite for goodness, and to be pursued as an ideal. The Book of History says, "It is not difficult to know, but difficult to put it into practice." According to Mencius, intuitive knowledge and intuitive ability, rooted in the consciousness of sympathy, shame, modesty, and justice, had to be applied morally before they could become the four crucial virtues: benevolence, righteousness, right, and wisdom as moral codes. As he said, these four virtues may be likened to the starting of a fire or the gushing out of a spring. When they thrive. The whole world is going to be benefited. If not, they cannot be used even to serve the parents. Xunzi emphasized the practice as the purpose of seeking knowledge, at the same time also admitting that the guidance of knowledge provided for practice. He believed that hearing nothing is not as good as hearing something. Hearing something is not as good as seeing something. Seeing something is not as good as knowing something. Knowing something is not as good as practicing something. Learning culminates in practice, which leads comprehension. And he who comprehends things thoroughly is of saint. The great learning also emphasizes the unity of knowledge and practice. Up to the Song Dynasty, although Cheng Yi advocated knowledge precedes practice. He still related the issue to its moral aspect, where any learning could not be regarded as true learning unless and until it was put into practice. Prevalent in the study of traditional Chinese philosophy now is a viewpoint which asserts that since the Song and Ming dynasties, the Neo Confucians, when discussing knowledge and practice, often mixed up the issue with that of ethics. And insists that this is where the limitations and mistakes of ancient Chinese philosophers lay. Here, I feel that two questions deserve to be elaborated. First, since the Song and Ming dynasties, the Neo Confucians did not regard knowledge and practice merely as an epistemological issue. It was regarded as an important issue precisely because it had always related to morality and benevolence, which had to be manifested in daily life. It is therefore irrelevant to assert that the new Confucians confused the issue of epistemology with that of morality. Secondly, as an issue of morality and self-cultivation. The theory of integration of knowledge with practice, and the viewpoint of unity between the two, cannot be said to have no reason and positive significance. Ethically, knowledge and practice cannot be separated into two ends. The remark made by Wang Yangming that knowledge is the guidance of practice, and practice is the actuality of knowledge. Knowledge is the beginning of practice, and practice is the accomplishment of knowledge. Could be seen as the best summary the ancient Chinese philosophers ever made on the issue. Thank you for listening to today's Chinese Reading Program. 
。您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。想要查看美文阅读节目文稿，欢迎您访问网站 radio.cgtn.com， 找到美文阅读板块即可。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。